chapter twenty nine of the social war of nineteen hundred or the conspirators and lovers this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the social war of nineteen hundred or the conspirators and lovers by simon landis chapter twenty nine the insane general armington nearly murders the physician-in-chief it will be remembered that when deacon rob stew last visited miss lucinda armington in her prison-house he tormented her until she fainted dead away when he was frightened for he really thought he had killed her and although if she were dead he would not need to fear anything except jemmy who might be brought some day from his cell to testify in a court of justice because politics change men and in sooth men themselves are changeable therefore he shuddered at the idea of having caused miss lucinda armington's death the deacon at once went to the physician-in-chief of the asylum and told him that he had just visited miss armington and he believed that she was dead although the physician-in-chief was in rapport with the bloody conspirators and was in fact a member of the bloody clique he did not know that the pious deacon had ever loved the girl that he had been jilted by her or that he tortured the poor creature whilst he made his frequent visits to her cell the physician-in-chief rather thought that the generous deacon was kindly inclined toward miss armington hence he did not dream of anything occurring through his deacon's visits that was disagreeable to the young lady whom the physician-in-chief was inclined to love respect and treat with more than ordinary kindness because she was the daughter of his old friend and schoolmate general washington armington who was now really insane on account of this very daughter of his the physician-in-chief instantly went to her cell asking the deacon to accompany him but he excused himself fearing she might not be dead and might cause an unpleasant onslaught on his deaconship and when the doctor entered her cell she was seated on her chair looking somewhat stupefied but seeming rational and talkative miss armington at once asked him doctor why am i confined in this place and why do you permit deacon rob stew to enter my prison-house to insult and torture me my dear miss armington i hope the deacon does not treat you rudely is it not your imagination only that he treats you badly said the physician-in-chief no sir i imagine nothing but know of what i speak he has insulted me awfully and one time he came to me in disguise and after making this cell dark offered the grossest indignities until he so enraged me that i beat him furiously which may have seemed insane in me but being in an insane asylum it must be excusable because i might as well have the game as the name this place is enough to make one crazy but you will please inform me why i am incarcerated here exclaimed miss armington my poor girl your father ordered you to be placed here for your own good fearing you would be led astray by that dr victor juno who really is out of his natural senses or he would not set himself against all the usages of society he pitches into everything and everybody and that shows that he is a lunatic who ought to be confined in prison or an insane institution like this 
he will sooner or later come to grief because you cannot find anybody who approves of his course of action said the doctor sir you wrong him he is a scientific man and sincere christian with a most benevolent heart and you said that no one approves of his course of action let me disabuse your mind on that question i heartily approve of all he does and if some of the bigots who claim more nicety than they possess wisdom would attend to their own business and let him alone he would make many sound bodies and expansive minds who would become members of the christian church yes sir he is in the right and his persecutors know it and the people whom the pharisees dread also know it the latter would gladly receive the natural teachings of dr juno but there are so many ignorant bigoted and self-righteous sinners in this world who are envious selfish and jealous of a man who is so far their superior that they would murder him for being what he cannot help to be namely a genuine benefactor and natural christian responded miss armington greatly relieved you are quite a trumpeter for this dr juno rather sarcastically said the doctor i only speak the holy truth which some of you cannot appreciate nor dare you maintain it like my noble victor haughtily she exclaimed indeed i think your actions prove you to be as insane as he and your own father evidently saw that hence placed you in this asylum said he monster do you say that my father had anything to do with this foul act never never but i fear that my poor old father and probably my dear victor are even now both incarcerated not far from here you start you know it then to be a fact oh fiend you also belong to those bloody conspirators she said in agony miss armington you insult me and i now see why the deacon has been pronounced cruel and insulting by you you first insulted him as you do me responded the doctor am i not your prisoner your slave let me have my freedom and you may offer me any insult you choose and i will not retaliate but to be thus innocently confined in a madhouse whose inner walls are polluted by men of seared minds and blackened hearts is more than mortal can bear without expressing the scorn and loathing that prompts the tongue of its victim to speed ejaculated miss armington you then are of the opinion that we try to abuse and insult you which certainly is not the case as for deacon rob stew i cannot speak but i assure you that with my consent neither he nor any one else shall abuse or insult you and i would like you to feel more pleasantly toward me than you have expressed in your remarks said the doctor i will think over the matter she said in a mood that was indicative of deep thought the physician-in-chief bade her good day and left the unhappy prisoner thinking about deacon rob stew what could he mean by abusing the dear beautiful girl why should he visit her in disguise and darken the cell i am suspicious and shall keep my eye on his saintship after all these pious deacons have their failings and passions like other men but he shall not insult her any more she is beautiful and if i were not a married man i should be tempted myself to make love to her and undoubtedly this is what the deacon did 
when she refused his overtures and spoke lovingly of dr juno confound it i love the darling little minx myself married or not and it is a great temptation to have her thus in one's power at any rate i shall not allow the old deacon to insult her any more i shall visit her soon again the physician-in-chief called on general washington armington to ascertain if he was comfortable in his apartment and learn also if he had any symptoms of sanity he found the general perfectly crazy talking continually about his abducted daughter and fairly raved over the outrage of slandering victor juno he said yes these devils wear the livery of heaven to serve the devil they have abducted dr juno and my beloved daughter and now they ravish them both in their dungeons heaven above me protect them save them away you murdering hypocrites you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for you neither go in nor permit others to enter therein i see the beginning of your heinous end and won't i laugh at your calamity when the tables have turned ha 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 just then the crazy general took notice for the first time that someone was with him when he cried out ha you are one of them and sprang upon the doctor like an infuriated fiend End of chapter 29